Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with co-host Zach Murphy, a.k.a. Zacka the Attacker, and I'm your host, Miles Green, a.k.a. Green Bean. You are listening to Green Bean, What You Mean? We're excited to start this podcast and give everyone some hot takes, predictions, and friendly banter all about sports. This first episode, we will talk about the upcoming NFL Draft, predictions for the NBA playoffs and MLB games, and a little pros and cons to the NIL world in college sports. So let's first talk about our projected top three NFL draft. The draft's happening on Thursday, April 28th, so coming up here soon. Um, I can start with my first, I guess. Uh, my first off the board's got to probably be Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Uh, I think he's the clear-cut best player has a Bosa brother vibe and can really be a key contributor right away. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Travion Walker goes here. Not going to lie. Uh, yeah, um, I had Hutchinson as well. Uh, great athlete, probably has the highest floor out of the top guys. Very high character person with elite level production. Uh, good 4-3 in player. Uh, only concerns I've heard so far about him is his arm length being short. Yeah. And then if you watch the Georgia game, he looked completely outmatched. Like his body, he just didn't have enough weight on him. He was just getting tossed around. But with the way the Jags are, they just need bodies. And I could see Hutchinson have a good 10-year career in the league. Yeah, for sure. They're definitely at a rebuild. Going to number two, uh, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Travion Walker goes to one. And that's why I have him at going at two to the Lions. Um, dude's a freak. His combine was unreal. Uh, extremely high ceiling, 6'5", 272, ran a 4.51. That's insane. And I know a lot of a ton of experts have him going at number one, so wouldn't be surprised at all. But I think they got to go here at two for the Lions. Yeah, I went a different route with Detroit. I had them getting uh, Willis. Um, they gave some Willis to Detroit has been getting a lot of steam here recently, and I I love the move personally. He's not day one starting ready, but he has. Lead athleticism, rocket arm, a year to learn how to play pro ball, and you'll have a diet Josh Allen, I think. Yeah. Um, this works out for Detroit because they still have Goff who could play this year, and you can get rid of him next year in 2023 when his cap hits lower, and that gives Willis a full year to learn how to play in the NFL. He, he has the highest potential of any of the quarterbacks, and I have a feeling he's going to. Wow, hot take there. I like it. Hot take. Uh, so we'll go to three. Like I said, we were in projected top three. Um, Texans pick, they have a ton of needs for sure. Um, I wouldn't be surprised here if they grabbed sauce, a guy like Sauce Gardner or maybe even Thibodeau. But I went with Evan Neal from Bama. Uh, I think he uh, is an absolute dude, and he can play so many different spots on the line. Big dude. Um, and I – Personally feel he's the best at the position in the draft. And so can't go wrong with a guy like that. I honestly see the Texans probably trading this pick back to one of the other teams that need a quarterback. But if the Texans had to stay at three and pick, I have them taking Neil as well. You have Laramie Tunsil on one side and Neil, who's an absolute behemoth with great athleticism, has experience as guard as well as both tackles. They can build up the line for the apparent quarterback of the future in Davis Mills who played better probably than most other rookie quarterbacks did last year. 
Yeah, that's exactly my thing. I, I think Davis Mills is a good uh, quarterback to keep. Uh, I like him a lot as well. Uh, so let's move on to uh, the top three quarterbacks while we're on QBs here um, and their best fits. I'll let you start with this one. You go right ahead. Uh, I started with Willis. I think he picked up some bad tendencies playing bad uh, with his bad offensive line in college. But like I said, he has the highest potential of any quarterback in the class. Um, give him the ability to learn the pro game. He could be diet, diet Josh Allen. And then for my two, I had Ritter. And then three, I had Carson Strong. I'd like to hear your top three before I elaborate further. Yeah, no, uh, I like it. Um, I went a couple different routes. I did as well have Willis at one. I think you're right. I think he's super talented, has the skill to be a franchise quarterback. Uh, he has all of it. I mean, in, like you said, he could be a Josh Allen type player. Um, at two, I actually went with Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Uh, I think just with the game is changing into that RPO, he's going to fit right in. I mean, he's had that system um, under Lane Kippen. And, I mean, I think he's going to just fit, fit in right away. And um, at three, I actually went with a guy who really highly thought of, um, and that was Sam Howell, actually. Uh, I think he's super accurate, got a really strong arm. And the reason why, apparently, what I've been reading into is why his stock has went down is because they thought he had a down year. But I looked up his stats, and dude went for 3,000 yards, 27 tugs, while also nearly running for 1,000 yards and 11 tugs, 11 rushing tugs. So, I mean, that's quite a down year. He's a, yeah, he's a great player. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't consider I have him, him a threat. quarterback four for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I wouldn't consider him dual threat. But, I mean, he has the skill and the capability of escaping uh, the pocket and making plays happen. So, I like him at three. So, I went with Ritter at two. Um, he's the most experienced quarterback in this class. He's started close to 50 games during his college career. He has good size, and he's quite mobile to escape the pocket. With the way defenses work now, the pressures can be coming from anywhere. So having him being mobile, being able to run boots, design runs, I think that's really uh, highly, um, I guess now, like a green flag skill to have. Um, his arm talent isn't the best. That's why I hold it back at two. But he's good at reading coverages, and he's the most day one ready starter in this class. And then I have Carson Strong at three. I have him over Howell because – just based on purely arm talent. He was playing on one leg last year, and he was easily making 65, 70-yard throws with a flick of a wrist. He had a throw versus Kansas State where he threw it 70 yards on the money on a deep post. It was just – and then during the same game, he had threw a strike to – in between three defenders on third and, like, 20-something. Just His arm talent is ridiculous. But the bad thing is he's a statue in the pocket. Um and then, yeah, with pressures coming from everywhere, you got to be able to move. Exactly. And even yeah. with an injured knee, I don't know. Like, if he gets it back to 100%, I still believe his mobility is limited. So he's like Mac Jones, but with a way better arm. Man, his arm talent is ridiculous. So let's move on to our next topic, and that is our uh, sleeper pick. I'll let you, again, start with this one because I'm curious on your sleeper pick. I have two sleepers. Uh, Jelani Woods, tight end from Virginia, freak athlete. He's 6'7", 260, so he's got a huge frame, and he's 
not a liability in the run game in terms of blocking. So I can see him as being or like a solid receiving option, like a tight end two, playing a Y, and he will just tear up the seams. I'm hoping the Saints pick him up and run him in like a two tight end set with Jawan Johnson, have Jawan being the more receiving threat, being a former wide receiver, and just having Jelani Woods just rip seams. I'd love to see that. And then my second sleeper is Kyle Phillips, uh, the slot receiver from UCLA. He's the best route runner in the class. Uh, he understands zone drops and how to beat them. He reminds me a lot of Hunter Renfro, somebody who doesn't have to beat you with speed, but rather he beats you with his brain and footwork. Um, he's a day one starter in the slot, but that's all he gives you. He doesn't have really the X receiver or Z receiver traits, and that's why he's ranked so low. Yeah. I can see him being like a Julian Edelman in the league or a Cooper Cup possibly which if he's like 60% of those guys, he's going to be a steal in the fifth round. So I'm going to go a different route. You went with uh, some wide receivers, and um, I'm going to go super biased. I know, shocking, but I'm going to say Mike Rose. Dude's got an NFL frame. He's 6'4", 245. Uh, I never heard or saw a 40 time on him. I know that was a big question. Uh, How fast is he? Is he fast enough to play at the next level? But, man, watching him live, watching him in person, he was in every play at all times. He was all over the field, pass coverage, run game, whatever you needed him to do. It was always Mike Rose making a play. And then, of course, I'm going to go another biased one, a uh, big cyclone guy here. I'm going to say Charlie Kohler. And I know that's really not even a bias. Take the bias away. Uh, I think uh, he really is a true sleeper in the draft. I think he is a very good tight end has all the skills to be a day one starting tight end if he gets in the right system. I, big frame, big red zone target, uh, great route runner. Um, so he I think he's one blocking. Yeah, and blocking uh, definitely is something that he needs to work on. But, man, Duke can run routes. Duke can catch the ball. Great red zone guy. Um, and he's big. Always open. He's a big dude. Just is. He's always open. Yeah. He, I mean – I like him. I take the bias away. I, I really think he's a sleeper in the draft. Let's go to um, the guy that you want to join a specific team. And I guess I can start with this one. Uh, I think if the Bills pick up Brees Hall at 25, that, that team's scary. They just are. Uh, they have everything. They got the route running. They have the receivers. They have the line. They have the quarterback. They have the good defense, but they really just don't have a great run game, man. But Brees Hall is the best running back in this draft, and you're not going to tell me any different. Um, I think he's able to stretch the field, open things up for Josh Allen, and it's a scary team if they get, if they develop a run game. Yeah, I agree. I also went uh, getting one of the top backs to the Bills. Um, I actually had Kenneth Walker as my running back one. Um, if he was if he was six one. And over 210 pounds, because right now I think they had to measure at like 5'11", 200 pounds. If he was a little bit bigger, it would you'd be the consensus number one. He's got 4'3 speed. And the, like you said, the Bills, their run game is horrible. Um, really they bad. haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher since Shady McCoy. And with Josh Allen being the way he is, great receiving core. They, need, they just need a good third-down running back. They tried Singletary. He's not it. No. Uh, Moss is a red zone guy. You mm-hmm. give him on the goal line one yard, tell him to get the one yard. But if you can just get somebody who can carry the ball 15 times, catch five passes, that's all they that'd need. Be huge. That's and then, all they need. And Kenneth Walker, with his legit 4 3 track speed, I could see him. 
being very dangerous for them. We'll move on to our uh, biggest impact day one, and then we'll reboot there to uh, the, our bust of the draft. So I'll let you uh, start with that one. Um, my biggest impact is going to be wherever Jamison Williams lands. I think he's the best deep threat in the class. He's got elite speed. He's going to take the top off defenses. And I have him in my brain going 16 to the Saints. So to have him take the all the pressure off Mike, Michael Thomas, let him work the underneath along with Kamara, that would be a dangerous, dangerous team right there. That would be the elite level Saints team that we're used to seeing back in the early 2010s. And who's, who's throwing him the ball he's, for the Saints there? James Winston's going to be. James Winston. It's dangerous. He's got a strong arm, man. It's dangerous. <laughs> he's got a strong arm. He had a, that, one of the highest touchdown to pick ratios last year. So, Hey, I worry about him, though. I worry about his injury, and I worry about uh, James uh, Williams. Uh, what's his name? Williams. Williams, yeah. No, I worry about his Born injury. PCL, but he's – News has been good about his rehab, so. Um, I'll go with my biggest impact then. Uh, of course, if, if Brees goes to the Bills, that's that's going to be my biggest impact. Kyle Hamilton, I, I think we talked last night about it, but I, I just think his size, his IQ, and his ability to play different positions will fit in with really any team. Um, I get the speed is a question. When he ran, what was it, 4-7? Four, 4-7-1. Seven. Four, seven, but let me, let, me, let me give you a guy – this uh, dude ran a four six nine. He made a pretty good living playing at safety. You know, you know who I'm talking about. Go ahead. Four six nine. Cam Chancellor. Now I get it. He he's not Cam Chancellor. Cam <laughs> Chancellor was the Legion of Boom, but man, he made a pretty good living playing that safety position. Yeah. Uh, he, he played not, a hell of a box safety. He 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 really did. And I was interested to see. I, I saw that he ran a four six nine. So then I'm like, there is hope for him. He's just big. I mean, he's a giant man, 6'4", 220 pounds. And his tape is incredible. He's got it all on tape, but the speed is the question. And with the NFL now, with all those speedy wide receivers, is he going to be able to cover? And I don't know that question, but I, I really like the size. I really like the IQ and the ability to really, if he needs to play in the box, play deep, whatever they need him to do. Yeah, he's my biggest bust, actually. I He's like on my bus watch. Nice. Uh, yeah, that he played a lot of center field at Notre Dame. Granted, his tape was great at Notre Dame, but he's not around NFL athletes. And once you get somebody like Tyreek Hill ripping the seam and him sitting at center field trying to catch up, I don't see it working all that well. Mm-hmm. And he has, Grant, big body, but I don't see him playing box either. You know, he's not – He's a good tackler, but getting off blocks is not something he does very well. Yeah, I, I, I he's very he's know. such a tweener between a linebacker and a safety. I don't know. I don't see him. If you pick him early in the draft, you're going to be disappointed. And if you pick him mid to late first round, you still might be disappointed in what you get out of him. So I, I like see him it. being a, I see him being a bust. Little friendly disagreement there. I like it. All right, I'll, I'll go with my bust. For me, it's got to be Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. Um, people were so high on him his freshman year. And, he was elite. And for me, it's not the talent. The talent is there. I, I think he's super talented. And if he ever gets to be playing like he did his freshman year, he, he without question could be one of the best corners in the NFL. 
but that's the thing. He's so injury prone. He, he hasn't played. He didn't play a ton in college. And it's not going to get any easier in the NFL. And I just worry about him staying on the field. I worry about a team taking him early and him just not being able uh, to stay healthy. And, yeah. man, I, I like him. I On tape, he, his freshman year tape's insane. I mean, the dude's super talented. But the injury just worries me. And I, I feel like someone's going to take him early. And he's not even going to be on the field. It's going to be like a Ben Simmons in the NBA type thing where they're going to get a guy like that. He's not even going to play. So, <laughs> man, I hope he proves me wrong. I, I love the talent. Yeah, yeah. I just don't see him Next getting on the field. corner with 4-3 speed. It's, it's going to be hard to it's let hard him to go. But I get it. You're going to draft him based on film that's three years old. It's Exactly, yeah. And that's know. my thing. He, he, like I was saying, if, if he can get to his freshman year film and play like that, dude's going to prove me wrong. I get it. But, man, I just don't – I don't see it. I hope he does prove us wrong. Yeah, I like him a lot. I do. That kind of wraps up our uh, NFL draft talk. Uh, we'll kind of – we'll come back uh, after the draft and talk about uh, some things that happened, where people went, stuff like that. Uh We'll move on to the NBA playoffs and the games we got. It looks like Hawks, Miami Heat, game five. I don't know where you, where you go with this one. Oh, I, I'm not the most knowledgeable about basketball, but I don't know. I feel like Trey Young and that, that young core they got going there in Atlanta might, might do something special. I, I got them in this one. Yeah, hey, that that's interesting. Uh, Kyle Lowry got hurt, uh, hamstring injury. They don't look as good without him. And so I could see it, but I still think I'm going to go with Miami. In Miami, uh, I think they'll pull out game five. Let's move to Timberwolves-Memphis Grizzlies game five. This series is actually tied 2-2, so this is a big game five. Uh, Vegas odds actually has Memphis right now minus six and a half. So. Mm-hmm. Let's hope there's not another protest at this one. Um, (laughs) I got the the T-Wolves in this one. I like John Morant, but I don't know. Carl Anthony Towns is going to take over the series, I believe. I guess we're going to just disagree on all these NBA games. And in Memphis, game five, big game. I think John Morant's the best player on the floor in the playoffs. That's what matters. you got the best player on the floor. You're going to win a lot of games. So I'm going to take Memphis, and I'm actually going to also take them to cover the minus six and a half. I think it's going to be uh, closer in the first half, but they're going to break away in the second half. So uh, the last NBA game for the, uh, the night, Pelicans Suns at Phoenix, game five. Uh, this one's interesting. Is Booker playing, or is he hurt? No. Yeah, I think he's out. Uh, he's out? Three to four weeks. Hmm. It depends on who's – doesn't, like, Chris Paul have, like, a huge reputation with one ref, like he can't win with him? Uh, yes, Scott Foster is that ref. He's like 0-16 oh, yeah, or something. Scott Foster, you can't do it with him, dude. Is he officiating? I do not know that answer, but uh, that may sway my decision if he is officiating. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I, I think I'm still going to rock with the Suns. Yeah, I – I think I am as well. The Suns have been the best team all year. Uh, they're the number one seed in the West for the reason. Um, without Devin Booker, 
hurts, but I still think they got enough pieces to pull out a game, and it's in Phoenix. So in Phoenix, with probably one of the best point guards in our generation, with oh, a yeah. strong rim for protector. Sure. For sure. Yeah. No, I I got to roll the sun as well. Let's move over to the MLB. A couple of predictions. Uh, we got four games here. Uh, we'll start with Cubs Braves. Big Braves guy here. Yeah. Um, I like the Braves. I think yeah. they got a good good enough pitching staff to get it done. And uh, the way the Cubs roster is, like their lineup is just so confusing. I'm like, how they have it set up, I don't understand. But yeah, I like the I like the Braves in this one. I uh, as well like the Braves. I saw the Cubs won the other day, uh, 21-0, and then ended up and got beat the next day, four to two. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's quite a weird lineup for sure. Yeah, that's quite the score change. 21-0 is like a football game. So, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Braves, Braves are going to win this. Watch out when uh, Ronald Cunha Jr. comes back. That team uh, is loaded. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to the next one: Yankees Orioles. Uh, for some reason, the Yankees always decide not to play hard versus the Orioles, but I think the talent gap is just too big. Going to have to go with the Yankees here, but uh, Adley Rutschman is a huge prospect for the Orioles. Wait wait for him to get called up. He's going he's gonna to turn it around over there. Yeah, I like the Yankees as well. Um, uh, let's move on to Royals-White Sox. Okay, Royals, White Sox. Well, the White Sox are the best team in the division by far, and the Royals just seem to be in a constant rebuild. So best pitching staff, I'm going with the White Sox. It's a tough one. Uh, one of my good buddies, Matt Smith, big Royals fan, and old coach loves the White Sox and Jeff Levine. So I don't know. I, I really don't want to pick either of them just because of those guys. But – I guess since you picked the White Sox, I'll differ and I'll go with the Royals. Let's go uh, Mets Cardinals. That's our last one. Mets Cardinals. I like the Mets here, actually. Though I do like Tyler O'Neill and Edmonds. They're good, good pieces for the Cardinals. I still have the Mets pulling it out. Though I do believe I could see the Mets being the Mets and just losing just because, but just to spite me, but. I like the Mets. Yeah, I like the Mets. I, I think they – I believe they have the best record right now. Um, and just because Bradley Wooster likes the Cardinals, I'm going with the Mets. And I'm actually going to change, too. Uh, since Dalton Elwood likes the Yankees, I'm going to go with the Orioles, too. So I'm switching my pick. Uh, while we're doing that, we can shout out to uh, White Noise, uh, Dalton and Bradley's podcast. Uh, they kind of helped us start up this idea as well. So uh, shout out to them. Go listen to their uh, MLB banter. Anyways, learn a lot, a lot about ball that way. <laughs> learn a ton about ball. <laughs> uh, so we're kind of wrapping things up, uh, but I got one more final topic and question for you. I was curious on your take here. Um, NIL, um, big thing that's going on in college, this uh, pros and cons to it. I'm, I'm curious to see your pros and your cons, and I'll let you start, and then I'll uh, kind of go off that. Oh uh, yeah, so I like I like the idea of NIL, um, mostly because the NCAA football game. No, I'm kidding, but you know those Man, kids. That's, that's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> those kids work very hard, and obviously, they're one of the top athletes in the country. And they deserve to get paid because they're the ones putting the fans in the seats for sure. But 
this is not how I expected NIL to work. No, nope. I thought they were going to get like a small percentage of like if the team sells their jerseys in the fan shops or something like that. And no one's guaranteed a professional career. So go ahead and make all the money you can. But yep. yeah, the money these kids are getting is kind of ridiculous. I saw that uh, one uh, Georgia transfer got offered a condo for him and his family in Miami on the beach, plus wow. money to attend Miami. He didn't end up going to Miami, but still. There's kids skipping out their senior years of high school, like when Ewers did at Texas, um, leaving good programs to chase money. Tyrese Hunter, I know that one's a big one for you. But, uh, subjects. It's, it's subjects. Uh, yeah, it's scary to see how far big programs and big money will get, you know, or will go to try to get a commitment from an 18-year-old kid. Uh, a couple of days ago, um, that Nigel Pack from Kansas State, a guard – transferred to Miami and he was going to get 800,000 for two years plus a car. So $400,000 for one year playing and then plus a car when he went to Miami. I mean, that's just insane for 19, 20 year old kid. But no, I, I got some pros. I got some cons. Uh, I I a hundred percent agree with you. Uh, I think uh, they should be getting paid. They bring in the fans. Uh, They play. They're the reason we uh, root for our teams. But, uh, and like you said, let's be honest, I really just want college football video games back or college basketball video games. But yeah. I, it, I just have a lot more cons than I do pros. Uh, it, it just hasn't really panned out the way I thought it would, uh, like you were saying. Um, and I think it just really ruins the little guy school, the Division One that's trying to get recruits to come play, big time recruits to come play. Um, and it's just hard to keep up with the Bamas and the Georgias in football and the Dukes and the North Carolinas and Kansas and basketball. Um, I, I just think it's hard for, for sure. schools like Iowa State uh, bias here, but like Iowa State to keep up with that. And like you were saying, Tyrese Hunter, uh, four-star, four five-star athlete that we never get, and he comes and plays for us, has a great year, and then he figures out why well, he'll make money, some bigger money somewhere else, and then just leaves. I said that it, you're not going to have any more four-year players. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna play one year at your school, transfer, and then they'll probably just end up and try to go make money in the NBA. Yeah, and I also hate the transfer. There definitely needs to be more restrictions in the NIL. Uh, yeah, and I and I hate the transfer portal. I I know Iowa State for me personally, they uh, have lived off the transfer portal in uh, basketball, and they're kind of starting to in football as well. But I hate it. I hate that a guy can transfer from a school, go to another school, and then transfer again. I, I feel like it should be a one-time deal. You, you get one chance, then you go. If you're gonna if you're gonna go to another team, transfer. But I, I I hate the fact that they can just continue to transfer on. I just hate it. I like I kind of I remember the old rule where you had to like you end up having to sit like almost two years before you got to play. Yeah. For your new transfer school, it kind of made it hard. That, that was a little bit ridiculous, but it made more sense logically to keep these kids to stay at a school, stay at a program. Cause yeah. the main point of college is to get an education, not to try to yeah. get into the pros. You're supposed to get your education and you're given the opportunity to play. Yeah. It's hey, just, I don't know. It's got a lot of cons for me. Like I was saying, I'll end with this. If Tyrese Hunter ends up and goes to Kansas, I'm going to be one mad fan here. Uh, I'm just going to end with that. Show me the money. 
Show me the money. That's, That's what exactly he's what he's saying. Show me the money. But man, oh man, he goes to Kansas. There's going to be a riot here at Ames. Yeah. That's going to wrap it up for our uh, first podcast one. Uh, hopefully uh, everyone enjoyed and they'll come back and listen to our other ones. Peace out. Hopefully so. Hopefully this becomes a regular thing. <laughs>